0: This should be just as much for you as for everybody else.
1: Yeah. No, and I hope it is, you know, I hope yeah. they do get it. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I know they will. And I just want to make sure that you're getting the value you should get out of it as well. Like, it's guaranteed that I, I know based on your story and all the things, you're going to add incredible value to their lives. And I want to make sure that you're as comfortable as possible in that while we do it. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you, Lily. I
1: appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. So (laughs) we're going to start it with, because like the main overall theme, I really want to talk about what you've learned as a result of pursuing your God-given desire for marriage Mm -hmm. and really starting by focusing on like where were you at emotionally because I really want to talk like about emotions because you for sure have learned so much about your own emotions especially being able to feel them in your body and Um, yeah and I love that you are in the midst of it like it's not a oh look how awesome I've become now that I can do all the things with the emotions it's much Mm -hmm. more of like I'm still dealing with all the feelings I'm not comfortable with my feelings yet but here they are and I'm learning how to be with them yeah sounds good to me I
1: I, I, if if you want to start from the beginning I wouldn't say as a story but like explain from the beginning to end like the change (laughs) I'm all for that Yeah, cool. if you, can you can obviously know. lead me I'm not really good at yeah. like monologuing yeah I'm not like a monologue person where I would just fair like, enough head talk it I can't I need like the I need the interaction yeah which was, like, is so funny because
0: like you so are if I you when we are coaching go. oh my goodness I'm like I just have to point I would like to make a moment <laughs> you're very oh, good at monologuing.
1: Oh, oh no I didn't know I just I, oh it's okay uh,
0: to me, I'm I like I see
1: myself as oh, loves. I need engagement. I can't sit here and be like the person, like, you know, oh, like leading the whole thing. But I guess I don't know, whatever.
0: Maybe it's because I lead really well and I let you get it you all you. You are very yeah. you are, I
1: have to say, you're a very good guide. You're definitely not the person that goes like I think this or have you, you know, like you're not like that. You you pull it out of a person without intentions. You explore into the person's mind to help them figure out their truth and like it's better than that, right? So, You're
0: probably gonna have to use that in the <laughs> podcast. You got so a lot of editing to do, You got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> <laughs> just put that over. Sorry. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> so, today, ladies, I want to introduce you to my very good friend and client, Michelle. She is here today because she's been walking this journey. We've been working together for how many months? Oh,
1: like I thought it was a year and a half. Right, or maybe
0: it's a little less. A while.
1: Something very long time. Yeah, yeah. This, and this, this coaching started like in January, but I've had sessions with you over a year. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a long time.
0: Yeah, and I really wanted her to come in here and talk about her journey emotionally because Michelle is one of the most courageous people I have met, and she is always using the work she's doing in coaching to help others, first and foremost, herself and her child and this community. If you guys are curious about what coaching is all about, she was one of the first people to volunteer and say like, hey, I will share one of my coaching sessions with others so that they know what this experience is like. And so I wanted to come back to Michelle and hear more about how coaching has really served her as she has been pursuing her God-given desire for marriage. And so Michelle, if you would just tell us a little bit about where you were when you started to explore the idea of first being very intentional about wanting marriage and secondly, inviting me along to be with you on that journey.
1: Great. Yeah, I could definitely do that. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll be really transparent because that's what I enjoy doing. So I, I was single for a number of years because I was in you know a domestic violence situation. I was in survival mode. Um, being with a man was just like not even on the table. Why would I think about it when I had all that I had on my plate? You know, I was able to get out of my situation and find some type of stability, but I was still dealing with a lot of um, PTSD from my experience and everything that was weighing very heavy on me. Um, I got chronically ill as well. So it was just um, on one after another, like, you know, problem after problem series of like unfortunate events kind of things. Even though I got out of something bad, more crap was just getting piled onto me. So um, randomly I, you know well first then i became a believer right so in this whole thing i wasn't a follower of christ I was more a spiritual person i became a follower of christ and about a couple of months into becoming a believer i started dating and i was dating a christian man so i had no clue like you know what to do about it but i was in your group actually um while i was a christian but i just you know wasn't dating actively and um it was actually in the group where i asked a bunch of ladies like you know how they go out there finding other Christian men because I was new to the faith and I was committed. And I was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? So they were like, Oh, there's apps and blah, blah, blah. So I downloaded upward and whatever. I, this was like, I was very innocent to like the dating world. I had not dated in three or four years, something like that. And I had no idea what was out there. And, um, so I started to date and I dated a Christian man and it didn't go the way I wanted. And, Uh, or at least what it was according to a biblical way of trying to date. So that was a very, um, I started off very green, right? I was very legalistic in my faith. I was the type of person where like, I thought it was a bad Christian if I, you know, didn't do the Sabbath on a Saturday and I did my laundry before five p.m. Like I really got like into very serious legalism And I thought I was like a, you know, a a virtuous woman of God, not in a prideful way, but in a way of like, because I love God so much, I want to serve God so well, I will do anything to show my commitment. So I was very like in a bubble and um, green and naive to dating and what it would mean to have a marriage, like totally naive. Um, So I started dating a man. It got really hairy, really quick. And that just shocked my system, you know, because it was supposed to be Christian dating and a God, you know, we were supposed to be getting married and like it was supposed to be, you know, a God, the marriage, like coming my way, whatever. And I had no, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why, you know, he left. And I, you know, again, I slept with him before marriage, which, you know, I was like struggling really hard with that one. I was like, what the shame it, it was. And I have to, I'm not just saying this. I've said it to you before. So this proof you helped me. I it's literally metaphorically, like literally break that chain of shame. I remember bowling my eyes out. So my chest, like, like pouring out from my chest because I was like, oh my God, God punished me because I slept with this man when I knew I shouldn't, and I'm a horrible person and he's punishing me. Now I can't have a godly marriage because I did this. And you helped me just release that from me and change the way I saw it, felt about it and thought about it. And that is why I continue to see you. Well, that's not as wide. I've always felt very, uh, I resonated well with you, but it was like, then I was like, okay, she gets me. And, you know, it wasn't many months after that till I decided to commit to the, you know, every week, um, getting coached and stuff like that. So I started off by dating in a Christian way with a lot of heavy legalism, um, wanting to be a good Christian woman and things like that. And now I've kind of transitioned to what it means to, to adopt the minds of Christ without legalism, um, making me feel judged weighted, isolated, um, just kind of like, not like other people. Like I don't, you know, when you make mistakes, a lot of the times in, in the religion of Christianity, there's a lot of judgment, shame, get out, we don't want you. And then when you follow only Christ, and you adopt the mind of Christ, and it's everything is about love you're there's so much like you feel the that tension melt away and you feel the truth you see the truth about who you are and you know what it means to become holy right by accepting all of yourself as a whole person and you helped me like kind of just learn step by step about that what that was so yeah i can keep
0: going but (laughs) I would just jump in there um because i really like the way you explained how in the beginning, you know about the life code and how we break down things into our thoughts, our emotions and our actions and what those produce and the outcome that they produce. And in the beginning of your relationship with God, you were really, really focused on trying to get the action line right. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like, just
0: tell me what to do. Anything,
1: Anything to be good and I want to be your perfect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and focusing on like, the actions in order to determine whether or My not work. you're good enough <laughs> yeah. that mm-hmm. you're worth, mm-hmm. and so the thing that really helps with coaching is we recognize for sometimes the very first time in our lives that we cannot control the action line unless we understand what's going in on in the thoughts and emotions of our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
0: How did you start to realize that? Like, what did that look like for you as it became clearer? Okay. So um, it
1: was uh, very uh, black and white for me, right? So I kept praying and praying and praying. This is a little embarrassing, but I'm like, yeah, I think just the ladies are going to hear this, so it's fine. I was praying all the time about, you know, if my relationship could get better, can it get better, please? You know, I won't do this again. I'll repent. You know, that's very young girl, childish, um, helpless, powerless mentality, vulnerable victim of God's punishment mentality. God must be mean mentality. Why doesn't he like me mentality? Oh my God. So I did, I did this for a number of months and I, I would literally like base, this is too funny looking back. I would literally base, like, let's say I went to see the guy and I quote unquote messed up again. And then I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's why he ghosted me. You know, I'm a bad girl. I messed up again. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but whatever. I messed up again. God punished me. It's okay, God. It's okay. I'm not going to mess up next time. Okay. So then I would see him and not mess up. And the guy would still ghost me. And I just went, I was like, you know what? There's no pleasing you. There's no pleasing you. Like, I was like, forget I That moment for me was going like, obviously, there's something I am, whether I'm doing right or not doing right, this ain't right. This prayer practice, this, what I am doing and the way I see God and the way I'm thinking about him and how, like, this is not right. So I went on a journey of learning, committed. Like I bought books, I watched videos and sermons. I was committing sessions with you, sessions with you to be like, what is the voice, voice of God truly, and what isn't? Because I bet I'm missing something. Like I think I'm missing the point here. <laughs> so, so I went on that journey, and I started that in July of last year, and that, and I literally, it's so weird, but it was a very, it was a chipping away process a lot of a series of events would happen in my life where I would be like, okay, like I think after a certain amount of time, I was like, okay, now I think i pretty much know what God's voice is. Now I need to know what is he telling me what to do next? Like it, it took months. It wasn't like you pray and then it appears, or you pray the same prayer over and over and over. And then boom, it happens. It's not like that. It's, it's like a, like God, it's really corny to say, but it's the truth. How like you know you are the clay and God is the potter, but you do not know how it's happening in the midst of it. I was mad, I was helpless, I was frustrated, I was like just in despair. I felt defeated, I felt rejected. Like God didn't like me, why not me? And all that stuff. And then like hindsight's twenty twenty, and looking back now, I'm like, oh, He was literally just like showing me and teaching me in real time a lot of things. So yeah, that was, that was my, my path with the process of learning about thoughts.
0: So. <laughs> it reminded me of, I think one of our sessions, you kind of had this revelation around like waking up every morning and expecting God to have finished the job.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And being well, like, hello,
1: are we done? I, with- I do find myself saying that today I'm going like, to use that day today's the day. I'm like, I know I can still believe like I still do that every once in a while. It's hard. You got to get out of that habit. And like, because I've I learned to just take responsibility and accountability and that really changed the game for me. So
0: yeah. What are you taking responsibility and accountability for? Um, okay. So I would first
1: off my thoughts, right. It starts from the tiniest spec and then we go from micro to macro. So First, my thoughts. If I I, and as soon as I wake up in the morning, I have to willfully put my mind in a state of uh, optimism, positivity. Again, none of it is toxic positivity or anything. Just like you know, inner acceptance, inner acceptance of what my day is going to be like. You know, loving and appreciating myself. Last night, I wrote a whole list. Usually, right, I like to go over what I'm very grateful for at the end of the day, and I wrote a list of what I'm very proud for myself for, and grateful for as well. Like I just experiment with building the muscle of having a healthy mindset that I appreciate myself in. Um, so I took accountability for my thoughts. I took accountability for the stories I was telling about everyone in my life, about this guy, about my sisters, about my mom and my dad, about, about my, my son's father. Um, you know, I, I had to do that, you know, and like, I, I don't, I'm not perfect, but it's not hard anymore. You know, it's like, all right, I have a moment or a situation, and I it like I can massage it out of me. You know, I I don't I don't feel stuck in that way around the stories of these people. I feel more like I can trust myself a little more about my decisions uh, based around them and what I go through with them, and I can have the ability and the bravery to be optimistic about my uh, future in relation to them or not, and not get mad. Cause what I would do is when I would feel like I had to be optimistic or positive or think more healthy around these people in these situations, it would bother me. It would, I would get like a lot of resistance and feel like, Oh, like disgusted. I would feel even nervous. Like, why do I want to dare? Why do I dare believe it would get better? Then I'll get really disappointed. I struggled with that for a really long time. Mm. And now I'm like, whether I get disappointed or not, whether this works out or not, I do not care. I care about feeling peace in my body right now. I care about me right now. And that's, it's like a good baseline. So I take responsibility for my mood, my actions, my thoughts, what personality I'm presenting today, things like that, because it's like I matter and I'm making a difference in the people's lives around me. So I might as well make a good one. Even if they treat me in ways that I really do not prefer, that's their business. They, they got to take that up with themselves and God, like that, I got to take up my reaction and my situation, my perspective with me and God. And like, that's it. So I feel like, all right, you know, I kind of see it that way.
0: Yeah. And for you, how do you kind of differentiate for yourself between being authentic about how you're feeling and taking responsibility for your feelings and then changing them as need be,
1: okay, meaning like how do I take responsibility for how I really feel and how do I avoid being codependent to other people's like
0: yeah, 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 okay,
1: so um oh. well, because codependency was a lifelong issue for me, um so I once I found out really what it was, I thought. Codependency was like, oh my God, I really like me my boyfriend. And like, oh my God, please don't leave me. No. Codependency was more like, I didn't believe in my competency and my ability to do life on my own. And that comes from um my mom and my dad really just telling me, you know, I was worthless and I'm stupid and blah, 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 and all that crap. So, you know, um, telling me my life decisions were bad and, you know, when it came to job, you know, having my kid, you name it, right? So um I was always a person that wanted to follow my intuition and I went from within you know pursuing a a life of you know when I was in makeup or what I do now like pursuing a life of art is what feels right to me you know I'm not having an abortion when I got pregnant is what felt right to me so it did not It felt like becoming a follower of Christ was like inevitable because that's what it's all about. Like you have to learn to listen to the voice within and not listen to the world around you. The world is going to shit on you and make you feel like you're doing everything wrong. And oh my God, but you have to listen to what is that soul? What are you hearing? Right. And I call it like the good counsel of the Holy Spirit. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. That's what I call it. Sometimes I would be in the middle of a fight with my son's father and I literally hear like like some like amazing advice in my head. And I'm like, okay, that's totally God. I'm just gonna cool down on this guy and just walk away. Like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people when you get caught up in codependency, you feel like, ah, oh, he said this, I have to defend myself. I have to, you know, show him that that doesn't bother me. I have to, there is no, I have to. You don't have to do anything. And that is a really deep lesson in codependency where when someone is antagonizing you, you got an abusive boyfriend or a man is, playing mind games with you in a dating situation the codependency you have it's you got to be like the buck stops here you cross the line I don't appreciate this and this you treating me you I had to realize that him treating me bad was on him not me because when codependency you go oh my god I must have been a bad girl what did I do wrong what can I have done what should I do it has nothing to do when someone is tasteless and rude and disrespectful that's on them if they don't want to date you anymore, if they don't like you, they need to say it in a mature and, you know, proper way. If they don't act like that, then you have to look at them and be grossed out about them. That's how I was able to separate what was me and what was him. Because when you don't take responsibility for like not gaslighting yourself. I was gaslit often. So I would, it was easy to gaslight myself. We were just talking about this the other day, how many times where I'll degrade my own into my own intuitive senses. And there's no reason to do that. And that's where I'm still learning to do that. But I don't feel scared or victim of it. I'm still very confident. And, and, you know, if I mess up, I mess up, whatever I get back up, it's not a big deal. As opposed to in the beginning of this process, I was like scared of my own self. I couldn't and wouldn't trust myself. So I definitely make sure to separate when I notice someone's being a little sketch, like it's a little, little suspicious. I take that, I go bing. Okay. That means something to me that matters. I'm going to believe what I just felt slash heard, like said, right to myself. And I'm going to act accordingly instead of going, well, maybe that didn't really mean it like that. He could have probably no, no excuses and calling it a day. It sounds very, you know, assertive or brash, but it's really not, it's just, listening to the voice within and, and obeying it. Right. I hate using that word, but it and following through, following through with
0: it. So, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what, how you recognize that still small voice? Like what's your Um, relationship with that voice? Like,
1: so I, I feel it through my body. So, um, like I mentioned, I was like chronically ill, most likely happened when I went to a bunch of doctors, they all said it was from the uh, heaping amount of stress that I was in and I was shutting down. So I was ignoring one, I was being viciously um, terrorized and gaslit and I was uh, had to allow it for reasons of being dependent on people because of money and things like that while I had to raise my child alone. Um, so I was, my intuitive sense was on the back burner. So it was screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming for my attention. It was getting suppressed, ignored. And rejected, and boom, it came out like flames in my body, and my body fell apart. I was like bedridden for a year, um, and you know, to this day, I still am not in so hot of shape, but I've improved a lot. Um, but in the beginning, that was my body screaming like for help. It was saying like, "I literally have a zero bullshit policy. I don't care what you could you you could be on the street. I don't care." we are not going to take this from this person anymore. We are not going to take this from this house anymore. We're not going to do, and it was done. So I actually was forced into submitting into to that voice because my body was speaking to me through that. So basically- um, I learned that when my intuition was telling me something, it would become a, a scrunching feeling in my my, um, my stomach, or a pain in my chest, or a headache, and I would have to go. Okay, I need to like get away from this person right now, or I need to get out of the situation right now, and. Blah, blah, blah. I just had to learn to, even though it's scary to say no to this person, I have to say no. Like, and now I literally use my body as its own sensor because it's my intuitive device, like an antenna. It sounds weird, but I am just a person that has a sensitive body. I'm sure a lot of people don't have this problem, but you know, trauma stored in the body causing health issues is a thing. You know, anyone look it up? It's it's true. Um, Lots of books on it. So I had to learn to listen to that voice because my body demanded it. So,
0: yeah, through through,
1: through ailment, feelings, things
0: like that. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, your body was really talking in a way that was pay attention to me. And as you've been improving in your health and stuff, what's changed?
1: So, it's amazing. Um, I have combined, um, you know, my regular belief in holistic medicine and therapies with. Um, alleviating the weights. So I was committed to first alleviating the chunks of the weight first, which is um like what actually the, how I felt about what actually happened, like the guilt, the fear, um shame, rejection, the big pillars. And then I worked on like the rest of like the smaller pieces of like how I see like parenting on a day-to-day basis, you know, parenting alone with Not that much money and nobody helping me, right? These now those were stories. So, first I attacked the big chunks of belief systems, big chunks of like, you know, hey, I have to face what happened to me, going over those times, those events through journaling and all types of therapies. I did uh, EFT tapping, like the whole thing, but uh, then the stories. So, then I had that was basically attacking the little stories that were replaying like a hamster wheel in my mind so i kind of just started from the most immediate things that needed my immediate attention to like smaller things and then then i got to the point where i was changing my habits so mm-hmm. like i went right back to treating myself like a princess the way i did before i got pregnant you know when you're a mom you go on the back burner naturally. So, um, before when before I was pregnant, every morning, you know, I would you know meditate, pray, sit outside, drink my lemon water, you know, all my skincare routine and my makeup, like all that stuff. I hadn't done that in years. I didn't treat myself like I, you know, like I was a priority for years. So I I went from immediate attention to all the way to the little things of like my everyday actions that people just do like without thinking, like brushing their teeth. Like I was just making sure I was doing every single thing I wanted to do to show my body and myself, I matter, I care, I come first. And, you know, obviously that's how I'm a better mother as well by you know, you can't get from an empty well. So it's mothers really love, I know a lot of mothers and they love to um, play the guilt game, you know, with themselves. And I say, play the game, meaning like, they don't understand it's a game that they have the power to care about themselves and, still be amazing mothers, but they, they get tied down by guilt and the weight of like, if I prioritize myself, I'm a selfish mom. And it's like, when, is, when are we going to wake up and know, know for a fact that we cannot give anything to our children if we're not our best version of ourselves? And as they age, like teenage years and adult, as they see us being stars of our own lives and living our best life, they're gonna want to be like us. I don't want. I, I don't want my son to go up and go. I don't want to be like my mom. I want the opposite. I want him to be like I'm strong, like my mom. I'm smart, like my mom. I do this and that. I believe in myself, like my mom. Like, and I can't do that unless I prior, I prioritize that first. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: I love it. It's all. In i mean go on a here. rant. <laughs> you doing a, It's not a rant, but it is so like preach. <laughs> so much. Yeah. No, and. Would you explain how, like, what tools or techniques or lessons have you pulled from us working together and the coaching stuff to be able to make that possible for you? The life code, definitely. Um, You've helped me to break
1: down, like, hold on, hold on, wait, go back, listen to what you just said. Okay. And then like, we break that down using that method. Um, also making me more conscious of how I'm speaking on to myself. And also you, also just you in general gave me a, a, a space to feel safe. So in many times where I, in the beginning where I would just break down bowl my eyes out or go on a, a, a passionate rant, you know, you showed me like, your, you know, your passion doesn't make you like look stupid because in my life, my family said passion was a big no-no you look erratic, you're emotional, you're crazy. And oh, it's so really dark and horrible stuff. And you were like, what are you talking about? Like, this is beautiful. And you made me feel like passion is great. Like you're strong and you show, and that's what I always felt, but no one said it. So I just, after so many years, you're like, all right, I guess, I guess it's really stupid to behave like this. And it's, it's not, you know, and that's a strength that I have that I always adored in myself. And I should openly like it. Even when there are people who are openly don't like that about me, I'd be like, I love that. Thank you. You know, thank you for letting me know. Like, it's just, I kind of learned to, you gave me a place where I could, you validated me and gave me an ability to go like, wow, okay, this is me. And that's okay. Many other times I would cry and be like, oh my gosh, you must think I'm, I'm freaking nuts. I went like, I totally was bawling, like, you know, snot, bowling, all that stuff. And you were like, it's okay. And I remember having to apologize. Like, if you think it's too much, I really am not trying to make you feel like I'm yelling at you. And you're like, I know you're not yelling at me. And that, a sentence so simple is something I never received from a soul in my life. I would, any single time I expressed the truth of myself, my emotions and my beliefs, it was by a man and by my family was met with disdain and rejection. And you gave me a place to just go like, you're good, I get it. Anyway, so keep going. What else do you want to talk about? It's like it made me feel like I am normal. Thank you. <laughs> and it's that it makes me feel safe to be me because that was my biggest problem after going through so much domestic violence was like the world is not safe. You know, that's a big topic I had, you know, nothing is good, who can I trust, things like that.
0: So. Yeah. And I I want you to know I get that and I remember the first time someone held that space for me as well. I was going through some ridiculous, it was really like the culmination of many, many things, all kind of like reaching a peak. And there was a woman in my life who she was a mom as well. And she was a little further in her walk with God than I was at the time. And she just let me cry. And it was in person. So there was a lot of in person snot. And I remember feeling like, you know, way like waves of relief in being able to just let it out and let it go. Mm -hmm. And then waves of like burning red embarrassment because you're like, Oh my my gosh, gosh, she sees this part of me. It's so vulnerable. I feel naked. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's a rare space to find in this world. It is, you know, I'm tired of, you know, living in the
1: mask. So being able to find a place to just take it off is really relieving. It's a gift you know, presence is a gift. I like how, cause presence is present. Right. I just, I love that. I really do.
0: So, yeah. 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 Um, can you tell us a little bit about what security feels like for you now? Because that was something you really struggled with and you were really trying to control the external circumstances and not that you shouldn't, but like, obsessively locking doors, checking, double checking, unplugging, like all the things to like make yourself feel safer and pursuing a relationship from a place of, I need a man in order to feel safe. Right. Where are you at with that?
1: Okay. So it's, I love this. I love this question. I'm actually really excited. So the, the thing is that it, I had to just make a decision. It's when, when I, when I was coming from a place where like I need a man to to be safe, it was literally like, I definitely wanted a man I really liked, I definitely wanted a man that I was attracted to because for like seven years in a row I was dating men I was very unattracted to and I didn't really respect. Cause I didn't really like them and I had nothing in common with them, but like you know, my mindset was different. So, this time around, I was like, okay, I definitely want to date someone I actually like uh, and I'm attracted to. What a novel concept! Have, well, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> dare I? Um, but, um, but, but also, I wanted to uh finish the whole picture, right? I wasn't getting the whole picture, which was like. Um, what it really meant to be in partnership, in a teammate relationship. Instead, it was like, okay, he's good looking. I have everything in common with him. I really like him. Okay. I, I should be with him because like I need a man to feel safe. Not because I need a man to give me money. Not because I need a man to make me feel like a good person or anything like that. It was literally because of physical Safety, which I it was so great to be able to 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 speak that out because when you speak it out and you hear that, it's like, who does that? Like who? I mean, I'm sure women do that, right? Like, I'm sure women have been doing that since biblical times. We we need to be safe and protected in this world, but like, it's not like 100% mandatory. Like, yes, spiritually, a man should be the protector and the provider of the home, but. You know, my, my motivation was like, get me out of this hell and not the hell because my life was hell, but I was hell in my mind because I was so terrorized from domestic violence that living on my own and being free, I wasn't free yet. Mm -hmm. I did not understand I was free. So I would still like have multiple security systems. I would, you know, lock, I have multiple locks on all the doors, never open windows, uh, never keep the blinds open. Um, what else? Uh, like, like, oh my God, I would not go anywhere by myself, which like I used to love doing. And I just didn't do that anymore. Um, Dating. I didn't really meet. I literally met up with only that one guy on a dating app to this day. I still haven't met anyone on like, I'm scared. I'm like, I, even if I like him, I'm like, what if he killed I can't do it. So I just got so scared of everything and everyone Um, making friends was terrifying, you know? Oh my God what is she really thinking? Because, you know, like whether it's a male or female, people could still be crazy. And that fear was just absolutely running the show. It was running my nervous system and it was running how I was making decisions in my life. After a certain amount of years, I got to the point where it was like, I hate that I am not, that I am just, I am, I'm not living, I'm just breathing. And I, and I couldn't take that anymore because I was like, I love God. I love the the planet that this, this God gave me. I'm very corny because I really do love nature. I love the beach. I love the trees. I love being outside. I love so much about this world and, and even simple things like hobbying and stuff. I love art and I love, you know, people and community. And there's so much I love about this world. Why am I doing this? Because I'm afraid because I don't trust myself because I don't trust other people. And I had to just make that decision to stop like checking all the outlets when I leave my house, because I would go one, yes, it did start from childhood. My mom would be like, unplug everything. The house is going to burn down. I heard that probably 3 million times. And so now it's like a program like, but also I know it comes from, I love my home. I appreciate my home my home is beautiful to me and if i i feel like if i leave this house without making sure everything is perfect and everything's okay i'm going to come home to a burnt down house like i'm it's going to be gone and metaphorically meaning i'm going to lose everything i worked so hard for there's no way this is too good to be true i'm going to lose everything that i have that is so good there's no way i could keep it right that's a belief that's a trust an overall arching theme So I had to realize that it's not actually OCD. It's me not trusting that like this beautiful home is going to be here in the same wonderful shape it was in when I left. And because I deserve good things, I can have good things. It sounds very minuscule and weird, but it comes from coming from living in a basement with no windows and sleeping on a chair and an air mattress with an infant to having everything that I want. Like my home, a new car. I love my hobbying. I love the things that I have. I love my wardrobe. I could just keep going on and on about the things that I love about my life now. And obviously, you know, what is, I don't have everything, quote unquote, like I would love a husband and I would love my dream career, but like, damn, I have everything else. Like I can't complain. So, and, and my health even got better. So it's like, it's about trusting that I cannot Keep, I'm I'm abusing the gifts that God gave me by behaving and thinking this way. And I need to dare to trust because if I don't, I'm literally now in I feel like I'm insulting God by not really like taking in and being in gratitude about the beauty that is around me. I mean it's ridiculous. How could I resist it? So I kind of just Do that, like I kind of incorporate that, like when I meet new people, or like you know, let's say parents at my son's school, things like that. I'm always incorporating, like, I'm not going to reject this, I'm going to embrace this because one, I trust myself, whatever's going to happen anyway, I'll get through it. I've got through the worst of the years of my life, and two, you know, why not? What could wow, maybe something, what could happen instead of what could happen? Mm -hmm. It's oh, what could happen? Is it just changing that? And just flow with like running with them. Like, all right, I'll figure it out. Like, you know, things like that. It's, it's, it's really self-trust, but also
0: trusting God too. Yes, absolutely. So if you had to choose one word to describe where you were at, at the beginning of your journey, what would that be?
1: Uh, I can't decide between helpless or powerless. Yeah. Like- okay.
0: Somewhere yeah. in between well, there. Well, yeah. I know. <laughs> and brilliant. what about now? If you had one word for where you're at now.
1: Um, um, liberated.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. And before we wrap up, is there anything you want, if there's another woman out there who resonates with what you've shared here today, is there something that you want to share with her?
1: I would, I would want to tell her that I bet she's doing better than she thinks she is, because she's trying so hard and she has is not giving up, which is why she listens to your content, because she wants to better herself. She's going in the right direction, and that she should understand that like she there is no giving up because she's gonna keep living, right? Life is gonna keep going. So if you give up and life keeps going it's like, it's it's all over. You're, you're putting, you're putting the nail in your own coffin when God doesn't believe in putting the nail in your own coffin. It's, it's, there's today is another day and something can happen today. And you have to believe that. And you don't believe it by invalidating your fears or your worries and your concerns. You do that by addressing those head on with you know, practicality and bravery, but also going like, this is going to end. I know this is going to end. I have no clue how, because I didn't, I was never, I never knew I was going to move to this state, have the home that I had. I didn't anticipate this in any way, but I couldn't stop. And I, I refused to stop and don't, and don't burn yourself out. You're going to be so burnt out because you're like, I got to get out of this now. I'm living in squalor or, you know, he hits me and I you name it. I've been, I did it. I've been there. I literally went through it. I've got I've been locked in rooms. i the whole nine. And it's if you can get through today, just keep getting through today and anticipating and planning for tomorrow and repeat, repeat the process and be way more gentler on yourself than I was, because I thought I was never getting out. So I beat myself down really bad and felt very much like a failure. But but um understand that it's going to change. And not because like, Oh, don't worry. I hate that. I'll never do that to a, I won't do it to a soul. I'll never say that. But it's because if you don't stop, then life will have to respond to you. It's you will figure it out. You're not stupid. You're not helpless. You know what you need. You just have to find the right resource to find the right person you could be the right website, anybody. I found an influencer online that helped me with money. Like, I don't even know this woman, but she she taught me all the literacy about my finances and I was able to save up for a place like this. So it's like, you don't know how and where God's gonna give you that resource and you have to keep believing and just don't gaslight yourself always. Cause that was my biggest hurdle was believing things could get better and never paying attention to like the, the crap that was around me now face what's happening. As you go, try to be compassionate and self-forgiving. Forgive yourself for being in this situation. It's it's so probably was really beyond your control. And if it was in your control, whatever, what are you going to do now? Like, I can keep going. Like, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, you have to just, there is, there's only life. Choose life.
0: So, yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Like, I... <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I'm sure people <laughs> listening are crying. And we need to hear that. We need to hear more women say that. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My pleasure. Hope everyone learns to believe in themselves and not to let whether it's a man or anybody's societal expectations to define them. You define you, and especially that voice within, which is God, defines you. And it's it's biblical in scripture, right? God says who I am, nobody else. So
0: amen. Thank you so much, Michelle. Your journey you're has you're been welcome. a blessing to witness. I, I told, I told Michelle coaches with me on Mondays, and Michelle <laughs> makes my Mondays so amazing. I look forward to. Like, oh, I get to talk to Michelle today. It's gonna be so good. And Aww, I love it. And- <laughs> You're right. Like there's no emotion that you can bring to a coaching call that is going to be too much. Like there mm-hmm. just isn't, there's never too much info. There's never too big of a feeling. It's all, it's all acceptable. And when that, that can be really hard to discover on your own because there's yeah, no it's outside important. voice to kind of pull you out of it when you're deep in the midst Exactly. You'll keep ruminating and recycling and regurgitating yourself. So to have
1: another person just go, Hey, Hey, you know, you're good. It's like, Oh, Oh, it's like a snap out of it. So totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm so glad that you chose to take that step and to change your life because you are, it's not just your life that you're changing. You're changing the entire trajectory of what's possible for your son and generations to come. And every person that you will impact will be on a different path in their life because of the life and love you've chosen to accept for yourself. So if you want to change the world, this is for everybody. Do you want to change the world? Do you want it to be a better place? Start from the inside out.
1: Yes. Hallelujah.
0: Very true. I pray for that every day. Thank you. Yeah. Really. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for yeah. sharing your story. My with pleasure. us.
1: My pleasure. More came out than I thought, so I'm very grateful. I was like, oh, so is <laughs> it? Thank you. <laughs>
0: thank you so much. Hey, real quick before you go, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the Forever Love podcast. If you would like to book a private coaching session with me, there is still time throughout September. I am doing a very special offer, 40 days of pay what you want coaching. That means you can get the coaching you need at a price point that makes sense for you. If you want to hear more about this and other special offers, please make sure you are subscribed to the newsletter. Head over to Proverbs2426.com slash subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on any of these kinds of special offers to help you honor your God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage.